Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now's the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all of the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit Theater in the Now for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Bossy Rossi is back, this time for a late night edition, and we are here to break it all down for you. Returning to the podcast is someone who should be booked for an after, after dark show. It's Desiree Dick. Hi. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome back. I, I, I always love having you. It's always fun to chat with you about whatever we're going to be chatting about. We've chatted about a lot of random things. I know. I'm very excited. I've been listening to your podcast. It gets really fun because um, uh, I get into podcasting. So I, I know and we'll, we'll, def- we'll definitely be plugging your podcast at the end oh. of this episode. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, th- lots of drag news going on this week, isn't oh there? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> um, let's start with more positive things. Um, <laughs> next week, apparently, we are getting a COVID special documentary. Episode. Yeah, do, do we know if that's replacing the full episode or if this is an addition to the episode? It, I thought it said that it wasn't. It was just, that was the episode. Also, they're releasing at Wild Percents Plus. So I don't it's know. Repli- oh, so we're getting an extra fuck. Oh my god, that's I think so. that messes up my entire schedule right now. Um, so guests, if you are booked for something, you may be switching around. Heads up. <laughs> they um might trying to push it because they're like trying to do the push the finale for maybe when things are getting better. Of course they are. Yeah. Um, okay, well, stay tuned for that. Maybe next week <laughs> we'll have an episode or not. I don't know. Because uh, we combined last uh, yesterday's um, UK episode with their COVID special because it worked. Because you don't need a full episode talking about the things they did during COVID. Oh, yeah. And so, I love that episode. It was very good. It was very good. Um, yeah. So that's one positive thing. Um, second positive fun rumor is the rumor of... Drag Race International All-Stars is very much in the air. What? It is in the rumor mill. It is rumored to be filming after season three of UK. I don't know oh where God. it will be filmed, but it will be apparently US versus UK versus Holland versus Canada. Oh my God, that sounds so cool because I heard about the Australia one under. Yeah, yeah I don't that think one. they'll be included because I don't think they, they would have been aired yet or they would we wouldn't know who their contestants are, but uh, let's be real. We know who two of the contestants are. Exactly. Um, come on, people. <laughs> but, um, you know, now it's really exciting. I mean, there is a rumor list that is on the internet, on the YouTube. It includes mm-hmm. some of my favorites. It includes people that I'm like, all-star? Really? Mm. That's who you're going to pick as representative? But you know what? I love Drag Race television programs, so give me more Drag Race. Um, we also have a new official, I don't remember who, what her name is, but we have an official host for Drag Race España. What? Really? Yep, that was revealed. Oh my God. Um, and then the only bad thing that happened this week was uh, someone made an appearance on the Tamron Hall show. Ah, uh, um, Yeah, that was very uncomfortable to watch. We discussed it on the podcast a little bit yesterday, but... Um, I'm very concerned about the state of what is happening with this person because it really seems like they are staging a comeback and people are allowing that and that is not going to fly. Yeah, I decided it was like a big, he was trying to like 
also said that he had stuff. So it was like maybe because he got a new person to hire them, right? That is the rumor. Um, so, it was there. There is a, a talent management company that has them on their roster. It's you can't find them unless you Google search for it now. Um, so they that, probably wrote shit for them. Yeah, uh, but that talent agency also um, represents a lot of the work the world, uh, Voss Events Queens and Michelle oh. Visage and Carson Kressley. So I'm oh, a little concerned about this if it is a true sweet. thing. Um, but yeah, all I can say is if there is a venue in New York City who thinks they're going to be hiring this person, you will be canceled in a heartbeat. I hope a lot of people don't in the world. Yeah, so I'm very, Jeez. very, very concerned, but. We're here to talk about positive things or oh, of course. positive things because Rue fucked up again. Um, what an episode. That was fun. How are you enjoying the season so far? Um, it's going great. I mean, I love the beginning. I love the all that stuff. You know, Tammy Shyman stand over here. And yeah. Do you have the high tops? Uh, I'm, I'm saving up money for it, you know? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, they looked uh, great, but yeah. Uh, um, you know, I don't know. It's building up. I don't really can't really tell, but I mean, they with this episode, I was like, really? This one, this one felt a little off. I know they're trying to shake things up a little bit. Um, finally, we're getting new people working with new people, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was a very interesting episode. And are you ready to dive into it and talk? About yeah, it? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Well, after the elimination, Candy me. thinks sending Tamisha home was a little bittersweet. She doesn't feel so great, perhaps a bit guilty sending Miss Ostomy Bag home. Candy does not want to be in the bottom two again, and it is getting in her head. She, this game <laughs> is, like, not working for her. Um, yeah. But Candy is a vocal person on the show. Oh, my God, she is so loud. And, and she's getting a lot of confessional time. So <laughs> I think her story has a lot more to go. Probably it's either that or the producer's like, um, you're the only one to talk, so fucking do it. It's true. Olivia has been safe a lot and she feels good to finally get a win. A pretty decent good win. I think most people agree with it, but that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Tina broke the safe streak being in the top this time. And Elliot points out that two people have gone home that have been in groups with her, and the girls are like Oop, get me away from her, please. <laughs> um, it's the double T curse. Yeah, and then Tina got stuck with her. Tina did get stuck with her. Um, but Elliot thinks the girls are not being friendly with her because she's awkward. But if people read the tea leaves out on the internet. Oh, yeah, the um, I think the people interviews. are not fond of her for other reasons. Perhaps you might be transphobic, Elliot. And I think you need to address that soon, please. Oh, better. Um, perhaps when they get eliminated, which could be very soon. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, in the words of Celine Dion and Tina Burner, it's a new day in the workplace. It's a new day. Rose asks if anyone is dreaming weird, and she reveals that she had a nightmare where she went home, and Candy wants to make that a reality. I thought that was a cute, <laughs> funny moment. That was so good. Um, and then we got that RuPaul Charles person walking in looking like Andy Warhol mixed with like a, you know, like someone mm-hmm. going to a fetish club um why because the library is open oh reading oh. is what fundamental and very difficult i i, I <laughs> oh god i can't do that either <laughs> <laughs> no i mean reading like a book i'm very bad at that i'm oh. <laughs> kidding people i'm kidding if you want me to read you the house down i can totally read you bitch. Mm. maybe that'll be my next instagram story who do you want me to read 
Ooh, that'd be a good segment. Yeah, that'd be fun. So we're going to go through some of the highlights. If I'm missing any that you think are, were good, please let me know. Yeah. Stop me. But um, I'm just going to call it right now. This was in the weaker tier of reading challenges. Uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, Candy Music, they, they, didn't, they uh, edit some good stuff out, too. So there was like some things that they try to, you know, manipulate. Revisionist history. It sucked. No, I'm kidding. Let's go through it. Let's go. Okay. Rosé says, La La Ree, bitch, this look is sickening, girl. Which is something nobody said to you during the ball challenge. <laughs> That's good. Rosé also goes, Candy, you've eaten a ton of it. <laughs> that it, was funny. It was funny because it was a no pun intended, a tasteful fat joke. <laughs> because remember when Alexis Michelle got um, fat jokes and she was not here for it. That is so true. Um, Denali goes, got Mick, you're so LA, even your farts have a vocal fry. <laughs> Funny, not, not the best, but it was okay. Got Mick's turn. So she goes, Utica, you're fucking weird. RuPaul could walk up in here in cargo shorts and I'd still vote you the most confusing thing in the room. And that was so good. I literally picture RuPaul coming with like little booty shorts. Can you imagine? No, I can't. (laughs) No, but see, that's the thing. RuPaul in dragon booty shorts. Fine. That's probably a thing that's maybe happened once or twice in cargo shorts with like, you know, like the big ass pockets as RuPaul Charles, the man. No, that's terrifying. Yeah, the bitch would look like a skinny ass lamp with shorts on. That's it. Yeah. Mick also goes, Candy Muse. It's so amazing how we represent such different communities here. Gay, trans, ugh. <laughs> that is that was <laughs> that was good. I mean, it's again, we're 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 making fun of physicality, but you know what? She took it, she ran with it, it was funny. You got it. Candy's turn. Rose, your personality reminds me of Purdue Chicken. White, bland, and unseasoned. Oh, that's funny. Um, unseasoned, I don't think is the right word to use for Rose because I think Rose is quite seasoned in her performance. I, I feel like if she did like a wine joke, like well, something- someone else is going to do that wine oh, joke yeah, later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Candy also goes, Denali, meh, forgettable. And that is striking a chord to that bitch. Simone's turn, Denali. You do have a fat ass bitch, which is great. You're going to need something to land on when she sends you home. Okay, not bad. Not too bad. Simone also says, Tina Burner, how much Tina have you actually burned, bitch? <laughs> uh, that, real. That's the original origin of that name. Not the thing she said on the television show. I know. They were like, uh, you got to camp it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have Utica. Dahlia, Dina, bitch, I can never remember your name. Remember that one also when we get to Untucked. Lala Reed's turn. Rosé. When I think of Rosé, I think of a beautiful, expensive champagne. But when I look at you, I think of tap water. Pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Olivia's turn. Candy Ho. I meant Candy Muse is a hoe. The only time you're not talking is when you're getting fucked. (laughs) Joey J J told me that. Um, That was funny. But like, I... I may have a I have to start a beef with Candy Muse because I love Joey J and I think Joey J and I would be a better couple than Candy Muse and Joey oh, J. But... Oh, we gotta see a fight, lip sync battle. Uh, Candy Muse, you can have him. I can't lip sync. <laughs> uh, what else? We got Tina Scottish Rose. You are like a wine. You're everything a basic white girl would want. 
every time I'm around you, I get a headache. And when I look at your face, I think of sour grapes. Ooh. And if anyone's seen the preview for next episode, oh, Tina likes to instigate things. With oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Elliot's term, Candy Muse. You're one of those girls who loves to be mad, sis. Here's a cape so you can super mad and fly out of here. Uh, crickets, crickets, crickets. But guess what? Elliot uh, oh, yeah. Dot Mick. You are so known for your mugs, but I think you really mean mug shot because having a face like that should be criminal. That's like such a bland read. And it's not even bland, but it's borderline transphobic again. Yeah. Like, yeah, not cute. Rue immediately Uh shuts the library because um, I think everyone in that room was like, we're done. We're not doing that. Dot Mick is crowned the winner of the mini challenge and wins $2,500 from, as now they apparently call it, Icely NYC. I thought it was I still love New York City, but we'll go with Icely NYC. I think that I saw a lot of people posting on the internet being like, that's the first prize Drag Race has given out that I actually want. Um, are you a fan of um, their work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, like, I, I saw them, I think it was Bushwick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dragon, they also have a booth. A, mm-hmm. a, a, bush, a booth. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, yeah, not the best reading challenge. I'm going to say it. It was um, kind of weak. Yeah, it, it was. I it wasn't as funny as the other ones, but you could definitely tell what the, uh, where people were getting placed in. Absolutely. The maxi challenge we learn is improvising on Bossy Rossi after dark. Apparently, Bossy Rossi version one got canceled, and also we liked Bossy Rossi version one because there were a couple iconic moments in that. It was um, pretty good. That one because we got to see um, Aquaria dressed like a baby. <laughs> and Eureka big gas baby and the pickle of cracker and, and uh, yep uh-huh that's crackers one of her claimed fame so to stir up more drama rue has decided to assign the teams based on where they're standing so the producers pre-plan that one i think mm-hmm. we get rose la la Ri, and denali in i'm pregnant with my imaginary boyfriend's baby dot mick utica and olivia are in breaking my silence escape from the cult of mymology Simone and Candy are in Former Teen Queens. Where are they now? Tina and Elliot are in My Best Friend's 600-Pound Ass is Killing Our Friendship. Some very fun topics we're going to cover. Oh, yes. I'm excited. Um, did you have one that stood out to you before like seeing the actual challenge that you're like, I want to be in this group? Um, I really liked... Um... I could have done better Elliot job with Tina Burner. I think I would have done yeah. a lot more better than that shit that she was pulling out. But well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, Tina is excited for an improv challenge, except for the fact that she is working with Elliot as her partner. Mm-hmm. So we get a little moments of planning because this is improv, but yeah, they still have a script, so they have something to work off of. So they're not going, you know, full terrible. Elliot has never done traditional improv training before, but she's excited to bounce back and forth with Tina. And Tina's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Tina in her head is like, fuck, no, I don't want to bounce back with you ever, bitch. Uh-uh. Um, Tina has her foot on the pedal, and she is going to hit her if she jumps off that sidewalk. We learn a little bit about Tiffany and Lil Deb Deb, and they are pretty much white girls that Candy and Simone play. And I did get scared for a moment. I was like, are we going to get a white chicks moment? Are they going to, like, give us that terrible movie moment? Uh-huh. But they didn't. It, I mean, they did not. Thank God. 
Candy, um, I feel like Candy didn't do as much as being loud and Simone did such an amazing job. Yeah, definitely. Well, Candy knows that Michelle wants to see a different side from of her, so she's going to do it. And Simone feels like quiet Candy is not working as well as over-the-top Candy. Um, she understands that Candy wants to apply the critique, but maybe not for this challenge. Yeah. Mm-mm. But we love a risk. We love when the editors tell us this may be bad. <laughs> Team Imaginary. Um, they pick their characters with the greatest of ease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy. They, they mm-hmm. know what they're going to do. Denali yeah. points out that Lala and herself flopped in the last improv challenge. And then it's a good thing to play off of someone with improv experience like Rosé. So they think their team's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Rosé believes that memorizing lines is what held Lala back the first time. And as someone who cannot memorize for shit, Give me it's improv. Hard. I'm much better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't actually make me do improv because <laughs> it's a reason why I don't host live shows that much. <laughs> that is true. All live shows are very improv. It, it is true. And that and that's what's so crazy to me about the Queens on Drag Race sometimes. You when you host a show, you you're not on a script. You're doing it as you go. You're going with the flow. Yeah. Um, and, and and it and isn't that even with hosting, is like when you're interacting with people. As well, you're just improving, and people tell you stories. Go, I've had people come up to me and tell me like some crazy ass shit about their life, and I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, have a good day. I can't wait to see you again. You yeah. know, but yeah, no, it's, it, there's something about being on a stage and hosting a show where it's it's inherently improvisation, and it, it, it's wild sometimes to see the queens who can't do it. But nerves, they're real. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Know who loves improv? Utica. What? Utica oh. loves improv. She was in an improv troupe and she was known as a scene stealer. And I totally understand that. That makes sense. Their scene is a bit crazy. Uh, Mick wants to play the role of Gloria Allpink, which is obviously is a riff off of Gloria Allred. Of course. Um, but Utica and Olivia both want to play Cheryl. And Utica thinks her physical comedy is why she would kill this role. Mick decides they should read the script but olivia is gonna get cheryl she's made up her mind she will Mm -hmm. play along with this she's gonna get cheryl um she believes that she'd rather play into the strengths of the team so mick says well utica you you could kill both so utica and her sweet miss congeniality campaign acquiesces and lets olivia take on cheryl tina from the cross room is getting suspicious of, uh, of olivia and says she's a secret diva if you were in this situation, are you going to let one of your competitors take the role you think is going to benefit you most? Or are you going to be like, teamwork makes the dream work? I would do teamwork makes the dream work because I, I, I'm confident enough that I can make the character a lot better uh, than myself. Like, I could just, like, imp- do it. Like, I feel like you give me a fucking character, I'm going to fucking go in for it in 100%. So I don't really, I don't kind of fight anyone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of where the Utica was going. She's like, you know what? It's not my what I would be great in, but I know I can be at least good in the other part, mm-hmm. um, which we'll find out. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Um, but it is time to get into Bossy Rossi After Dark. I don't even remember what he said in the intro package. It didn't matter. I We're here for the queens. Bossy yeah. Rossi, he's just there. So we will start off with my pregnant... I'm, preg- my, I'm pregnant with my imaginary boyfriend's baby. Rosé plays the role of Molly, and her baby bump is very high on her, um, decked out in <laughs> leopard print. 
Um, I think Rose kind of nailed the characters. She had like a great backstory for Molly. And we learned that she says she met her boyfriend when she was five and he's not too transparent. Ha ha ha. Really nailing those puns. I thought mm-hmm. Rose did an excellent job. I think so too. I liked, I liked the whole characters, her makeup and all the look. Yeah. And she nailed the, the voice. Everything was great. I think my favorite part was when Ross asked like, what's your favorite part of Jared? And she said, his penis. And I was like, <laughs> right. (laughs) I wish Bossy Ross followed it up with, how big is it? Oh, yeah. Can I see it? Can I see it? (laughs) Do you have a picture? An imaginary boyfriend. (laughs) Pick, pick, pick. Oh, come on. That's funny. That's funny. Um, So then we learned that Bossy Ross reveals that Jared has been seeing Polly, who is her mother, and she Uh is also pregnant. Um, Denali had a pretty good sense of the character. the only thing that threw me is she if she was supposed to be playing her mother, she looked the same age. Yeah, it, it, she didn't add like those extra features. No. And like I understand we have Utica later on going with like a young mother as well, but this just did this didn't read at all because Utica was playing trash and Polly wasn't necessarily trash, I don't think. No. Um I did appreciate that she was pregnant wearing uh, tiger stripes and had a baby bump too. It, it, it was, it was very funny. The two of them worked well together um, regardless of the makeup. Um, both are pregnant with Jared's baby. Bossy Rossi tries to save the family. So they bring out Dr. Melinda. Lala was very, 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 very mild as the doctor. Oh uh, yeah. I feel like she should have done it a little more louder. Not, yeah, but she she didn't even have any jokes. She just she she was playing the straight man in the scene, but it really didn't work. No, like, no. I think it was funny to have the bit of like telling them to do a trust fall with Jared because physical comedy is always funny. Yes. Um, but it wasn't her physical comedy bit. We saw Rose get the physical comedy laughs, not La La Ray. Mm-hmm. So whether she came up with it, it was part of the script. I don't know. It just. It didn't work. No, I didn't like it at all. She like the other two were just loud and stupid and funny. And they were like, what is it? Embracing each other and hugging yeah. each other like that. So they're taking um, attention more off of her. Absolutely. And was Lala even wearing any makeup? It was very, very, very limited if she was. Yeah. And the, the glasses that she was wearing just covered her eyes a lot too. So you couldn't really tell. Yeah. Um, but no, I think this what really was Denali and Rose showcasing how much chemistry the two of them have. Um, and then we learn, ha ha ha, Dr. Melinda has been counseling Jared and she too has a baby from Jared, though her baby bump is not her skin color. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's funny, but it wasn't her line. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Um, she kept missing cues. Yeah, she just did not hit any of the beats. They all had their babies on stage and then Ross says, they don't look like Jared at all. Who's the daddy? Check out next week. Overall, good scene. That was yeah. <laughs> that was, oh, that, no, was, was so that weird. one was stupid. It was really bad. But as 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 far as the challenge for the queens themselves, I think they did okay. They were good. No, I I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, I can see how Lala Ree kind of like kind of faded a little bit with Denali and Rose, and I feel like she had to put like that sassy personality or like that loud personality. I think it would have worked better on her. But it's almost like Denali and Rose saw what Lala was bringing, and they're like, "We have to save the scene," and was like, "Screw you, we got it." Mm-hmm. 
And I like that how they're growing that. Maybe they might, you know, lip sync each other. They're now in Rosane. Uh-huh. I think it's definitely a possibility because I know it's not a love connection because I know Rose has a boyfriend. So Yeah. We'll see. Next up, we got Breaking My Silence, How I Escaped Mymology. Um, clearly this is a parody of Scientology because that was necessary. Um Got Mick comes out wearing pink and has a book as a prop, and she's very mild. Um, but I wouldn't say she was funny. She's quick. Yeah, she was like very like going on like selling the book and just going yeah. at it like she was like part of it. So like improv wise, she can improvise. She can hold a scene. She's not necessarily funny, though. The stripes, fashion statement, or imprisonment—that was a good line. I did enjoy that one. Yeah, um, that is so true. She also was playing the straight man in the scene like Lala was, but she knew how to at least camp it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. We're here to break the silence. It's Cheryl. Um, and I think Olivia looks great as the mime. Comes hopping in. Yep. Um, they play up the mime thing, pretending she's tied up and she has to enter that way. Very cute. Um, you can tell that they did some work together. Oh, yeah. They rehearsed in this part. Um, I think my favorite part was like her turning the butter um, it was hilarious because we see Olivia being so sweet and innocent and oh my god, she's so cute. Nope, she fully went sexual and it was it was good. She did it well. Oh yeah, she um, did. And then breaking the box to escape, and Mick goes ham. And Olivia follows everything Mick is doing. It really tells a story, and through physical comedy, it just worked so well. She's turning it out. Oh, yeah, she did. She did all the stuff, all the tricks, all the stunts. It looked good. I, I mean, it, it, it looks like she was in the probably in that fucking room practicing. Absolutely. And again, Olivia is a trained actor. She went to theater school, so she knows what she's doing. Maybe not improv all the time, but she's a trained actor. She knows how to hit beats. She knows how to do comedy. I'm honestly, she probably did clowning or miming in school. So she, th- this was an easy role for her. Oh, yeah. Bossy Rossi brings out her long lost mother. Um, Utica has made a choice, as we say, um, or as Tatiana says, choices. <laughs> um, she looks like a fucking hooker. Um, the nails, the leopard print top, the booty shorts. It's just a fucking confusing character. It is, but I think it's also because, like, they also told her to calm down her personality. Yeah. So, like, I this feel was like. not calm down. This was insane. I know, but like you're just talking about some latte shit. Like, I don't know. I think she was thinking of going more normal and sassy than Utica funny. Cause like yeah, I thought she, she was also a theater. I think, so here, here's what I'm I'm assuming. I think she was like, I'm going to go basic white bitch. But Utica probably has never actually met a basic white bitch and is just going on off of stereotypes. Um, that, because, that, that makes sense. But I'm I'm not sure. There, there, it was so complex complex it just wasn't funny yeah then, it was it was kind of dry yeah um bella yeah bella reveals that she has not been thinking about cheryl because she was such a loud child ha 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 mom joke whatever this probably made sense in her head but it didn't make, make sense in the scene and then cheryl finally breaks her silence um to talk to her mother but wait utica jumps in and causes an outburst from cheryl I don't oh, yeah. again. I don't know if this was scripted, if this was a beat that they had to hit, or if this was Olivia being like, "Bitch, this is now my moment. You just stepped into it. I'm going to have a temper tantrum. Y'all going to work off of me now." Oh, that's um, true. 
that could be it, it, it felt weird again like this is me as a, as a dramaturg and theater it didn't make sense for the scene for her to have an outburst yeah because so, she was like i don't think this is going anywhere boom exactly um so she doesn't need her mother and then mick promotes her book because that's a real thing that happens on these tv shows so it ended poorly but overall we got to see a very strong performance from olivia um, yeah, I think so. And Mick, I, I think Utica is the one who's kind of like off. Yeah, Mick, Mick, Mick was good. Mick, I, Mick was safe. Mick was very, very safe. Utica definitely pulled the team down. And again, I don't know what they were given as prompts, but the characters she presented just didn't fit in. Yeah, it, it it didn't really fit the whole entire stuff. Like it was, it was, it, I don't know. I felt like maybe she if she played it more loose. I don't know, but she probably was nervous. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next, we have former teen stars. Where are they now? Candy is playing Tiffany Gibson, a.k.a. we're combining the name Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, the 80s pop stars. I like that joke. I'm here for it. Are they trying to like, I feel like that I felt like Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie. Oh, well, totally. That was the the, the theme of their show as we the complicated life. Okay. Obviously, it's a jab at the simple life, but the name is a, a jab at Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, the pop stars of the 80s. Candy does go toe to toe with Rossi and calls him a little bitch. It's a good choice. It worked out in her in her benefit at the end of the day. Um, but a couple of people are like, oh, 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 you're, you're doing that. OK. But do we expect anything else from Candy Muse? Of course. I mean, she tried to tone it down very well. I think she controlled mm-hmm. very well herself and everything. And she let someone have her spotlight and back and forth. So yeah. I, it worked very well with them. Um, in the scene, we learn that Tiffany says she got she fired Lil Deb Deb for the ratings. But Lil Deb Deb lives across the street in the condo. So surprise, she's going to be there. And she comes in. She comes in so well. Simone can't get the gate open. I don't know if that is, again, a choice from her or if, like, the gate was broken because a couple queens had some issues with that gate. Yeah, yeah so is she, she wearing hops. a chain or? Oh, if these are produced from the producers, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know how she came up with it so quickly, but she hopped over that fence. They had to blur out her coochie. It was funny. It was good. It was like the Britney moment with the slip. It was so smart. It was so smart. Um, the energy, I would say, isn't as high as some of the other teams. But yeah. They will get there. They'll get to the their version of high. We the- learn that she's not a little Deb Deb no more. No, no. She's Deborah. Oh. Funny. I mean, uh, we've def- there's definitely been Deborah jokes. I, I think Mad TV had a Deborah. There's definitely been Deborah, but she made it work for this, and it was Oh yeah. There, there's something about Simone and uh, picking one word and saying it like factory, like she makes it funny. She's, she's yeah, trying funny. to give it that little accent. Yeah. Um. So we learn and see that Deborah has candles and gives betrayal to Tiffany. Oh my god! Immediately so tosses funny. it. Yeah, very funny. Um, Deborah went to the slammer and got a mugshot and called her desperate, which inspired her candle. She didn't know prostituting. Um. She just thought. People give you money when you give them fellatio. Huh? Fucking hilarious line. Good. Um, Their humor is like good and they don't have to be loud about it. Exactly. It was it was authentic, but campy, but still funny. It was it was oh, yeah. very well done. 
Um, if Deborah had a candle for you, what would the name of the candle be? Um, sexual. Sexual, not poo poo pee pee. Sexual with some poo poo pee pee. <laughs> but that's the that's the the at the end of the candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bossy Rossi decides she's gonna make the she he makes the former best friends sing their theme song, which. Again, I'm not sure if this was scripted or if this was their choice, but their theme song was Row, Row, Row Your Boat? No, it's probably Rossi put them on the spot and they were like, fuck. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's the first thing that I would go to. I understand it's definitely in the public domain and you're allowed to use that and they don't have to pay copyrights for it, but it was stupid. It was funny. It worked for the scene. It did. It did really work. It was pretty funny. I liked it. And then they just kept walking away while they're singing. Yeah, it was good. And finally, my best friend, 600 pound ass is killing our friendship. Fanny, as played by Tina, has a 600 pound ass and makes a cash me outside reference and then can't sit in her chair. So, you know, when you make those references to pop culture, people are going to enjoy it. Did she land the joke? No, Uh, not really. Because she moved too fast from it. She didn't let it linger. Sit for a while. She now teaches astrocising since she left NASA. Mm -hmm. Um, The girls in the workroom, because we forgot to mention, everyone's watching. They love that moment. Um, And then we learn that that Elliot has decided to play a very conservative character named Mary. She doesn't give Tina anything to play off of she it doesn't give so Ross anything. it was so boring um elliot tries to throw in some puns it's just not funny elliot's just not a funny person and yeah that, uh, she's she, she's a dancer so she probably yeah. not doesn't know how to improv like other and, stuff and as i've said before all drag is valid not all drag is good if you're not a can't comedy queen that's okay you don't have to be stay in your lane Going on Drag Race, you better tick every single box. Yeah, you better fucking practice at least. Like there, I mean, obviously in New York, it's a lot easier to be like, hey, can I get improv lessons? Because there's 100 million thousand actors in the <laughs> city. Um, but maybe in Las Vegas, it's probably very easy because you're close enough to, uh, to LA. So Elliot, you have no excuses. You should have learned. That is um, so true. Yeah. So we then have this reveal where Mary is... Um, has giant titties and then they fight each other with their big titties and big ass and I was like this is a great episode to have Desiree Dick on because I feel like that is her shtick. I would have pulled out my dick titties instead of like slapping yeah. at her butt. Yeah. Um, like if I know you would have been in that workroom with your dick uh, hair and you would have <laughs> had a reveal there as well. <laughs> All down. Um, but Bossy Rossi suggests they work it out with a tickle fight. That was so... Um, Impro- that was improv on them too. Yes, I'm going to say it was a little uncomfortable. It was now, such listen, a weird beginning. I'm not gonna um, yuck someone's yam. If 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 tickling is your fetish, if you enjoy tickling, I have watched that documentary Tickled. Um, go for it. But in this moment, it just it it made the scene worse. Yeah, it was just like I think I like, like the row, row, row your boat shit is the same thing when they were like, uh, I guess we have to fucking tickle each other. I would have like just pretend punched them thinking, oh, yeah, is that the tickle? That That's tickle? tickling. Yeah. That's tickling in my country. And um, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, because it wasn't they didn't even start tickling. It was like more poking and like 
maybe moving a finger up and down a little bit like you're yeah it was, it and then gina was like fuck this shit this shit looks like shit and then she like put her fucking home but teeth in her mouth yeah so they made out and you know obviously every girl in the workroom was like oh my god they're making oh my- out um tina did go a little bit raunchy because as someone who's seen tina perform many times when in doubt tina goes raunchy tina will go to that level which is fine that's her Drag race. I was very worried they were gonna like just edit out the rest, the rest of the scene, and they had no ending. Right. I really. I. I they were going too far. I would have popped one of their fucking balloons right there. Exactly. While I was yeah. Them. Um. But yeah, it was it was a very hard scene. I'm not gonna say that they had were given a scene that it was unworkable. I just don't think the two of them were able to work this particular scene together. Yeah, and then I think Ross um, had to like kind of ended kind of way in a weird way yeah. because like they were just like doing their shit and they're like, um, okay. Like if you told me that they would have flipped Simone and Candy to this one, I think they would have pulled it off and Tina and Elliot could have done the other one. But producers decided this is what we want to give you kids. Yeah, that's what that's what we got. But then it's the next day. It is elimination day. Simone is in her head after seeing the other groups. She second guesses herself because she is a people pleaser. She wants to be perfect and good. I understand that. I know there are a lot of queens out there who are so fucking brilliant, but can't get out of their head. And I feel like Simone, we're learning that about her. Yeah. I mean, that's what RuPaul said in like one of the episodes, right? He's like your biggest inner saboteur. Yeah. is the biggest saboteur. At this point, I think Rue just needs to like release some inner saboteur merch so we can all just wear it and be like, you know what? Fuck it. It's part of the lexicon of drag race at this point. (laughs) I would love to buy a sweater that says I'm not inner saboteur. (laughs) I love it. Um, So we learn a little bit about Simone because we haven't, we've gotten like little glimpses of Simone's backstory and we learn like the, the things that have made her be the person she is. Now we learn that her older brother went away for armed robbery and that took a toll on her and kind of killed her mother. Simone could not do this to her and never wanted to disappoint her. And I thought that was very powerful and clearly we're going to get Simone for a little longer. So I'm sure we're going to get more of her story, but I wanted to hear more about this. Yeah, they were they were selling more in into who she was, so people can kind of like see. Oh, okay, so she's a winner and she has like a story, and yeah. people are really she, enjoying. She, her. She's got a struggle. She she's she may have not had been the the one struggling all the time, but she was around a family that was, and that does take a toll on you personally. So it was yeah, really that cool can put a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, and then we have Tina and Elliot. They talk about their scene and. Elliot says that everyone said Tina did a great job, but no one said that to her because she didn't match that energy. Yeah. Tina points out that people pushed her to the side because she's been so concerned about being Elliot with two T's and not Elliot. And then Elliot bluntly says that her insecurities come from severe clinical depression. She puts on a face because she doesn't want anyone to think she has depression. That was... The realest thing I've heard in a very long time. It really resonated with me because I am definitely that kind of person. If -hmm. you look at my social media, I am so cheery. Sometimes I'm silly. I do silly things. It's covering up what's actually going inside. 
the past two months I've been in severe pain. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. I literally could not go down the block to get food. But I don't want anyone to know that because I didn't want the help. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's I've gone through a lot of things in the quarantine too, and I don't really like publish everything. Yeah. So you know, we all face it. So it was really cool to hear Elliot vocalize this. Yeah. And it was again a side of Elliot that no one has seen before. Even Tina hasn't seen this. Tina reveals that her mother had depression and without pills, she was a different person. Yeah. Tina gets upset because it's a hard thing to deal with. And I think this was, I'm not going to say why the producers probably put them together for this challenge, but it was a great bond for the two of them. Are they going to be best friends at the, at the end of the show? No, but no, it was a great talking point because we haven't really learned about depression on RuPaul's Drag Race before. uh, Tina has one eighty with Elliot and suggests that she be real with everybody else. She calls Elliot a complex person and tells her to stop being hard on herself. Are we going to get to see this other side of Elliot? I'm not sure because what Tina is asking her to do in theory sounds wonderful. It's just hard to do in the moment, especially when you have, you know, 30 cameras pointed right at you. Yeah, and you know it's 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 a lot of pressure. It's a lot of things going on, and mm-hmm. it, it can get you. Can so Candy decides to move the conversation about ridiculous television shows. La La Rie loves Maury. Um, when the girls run around and Elliot says like the cam- cameraman are like Olympians. Are you a fan of Maury? Oh yeah, I fucking love Maury. I love it. I love the fights and everything. If if you were to be on Maury, what is the plot line you would be on? Uh, my husband won't give me back my dirty ass dildo for 30 years that I've used and destroyed around the city and now I want custody. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. Maury, that's, please, you, you, those people, please come in. And, and I want my dildo back. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Actually, that would be wonderful. And now I want you to film a digital scene. <laughs> But yeah, so they love Maury and 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 they decide, well, let's re-reenact re- it. Candy's gonna play Maury, Lala is the guest, Mick is the cameraman, Elliot is the boom. Everyone's they recreate running around. the scene. Yeah. Uh the, the 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 twist is Tina Burner is not the father, and Lala goes running around as the other two and run crawls after on the fucking table. It was so funny. It, it's, rolls it, everywhere. I like this part of the show on Elimination Day. We get those hard-hitting moments where we get to hear the things and struggles the queens are going through, but then we get to see what they also do during the show. They have fun. Yeah, they get to have fun. fun, Be stupid, be sisters. So I was very appreciative of this moment. Um, It relieved tension and it really just continues to show this is reality TV. The cameras are rolling, but we're still real people. I know. Fucking stop bullying the goddamn RuPaul girls. Like, fuck. You want good TV? Now shut the fuck up. You want to bully anybody? No, bully that one person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no bullying. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't. I can't defend that completely. All right, runway time. Rue is dressed in a classic red sequin gown with big stunning. blonde hair. It was stunning. It was gorgeous. Rue has not given me something I haven't liked in a very long time, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. She's been killing the runway lately and it's beautiful. Yes. I do have to say though, I think some of her makeup kind of, I think last episode her contour or is it this contour? It was like kind of rough. 
Raven's tired. Leave Raven alone. No, no, no. No, Raven, you get get a lot of money for this shit. You better make Rue perfect every episode. Oh, yes. She worked it. So we have Michelle on the panel with Bossy Rossi himself and T.S. Madison. Yes, I love T.S. Madison. Um, I I really am not so familiar with T.S. Madison's work and what they have done, but it is very important to have T.S. Madison as part of the RuPaul family because of who she is and and what she represents. So, oh, of course. Welcome is, to the family, girl. Is that the first transgender judge? That I would have to fact check. I know. Mm. Mm. See, that's also I'm wondering. If that's the case, that's really problematic. But I, I mean, we've definitely dun, dun, had dun, transgender dun. Um, people part of the show. I mean, Candace Kane has been on the show. I don't think she was on the judging panel. Was she on the judging panel? I don't know. Candace Kane may have been on the judging panel, but it would have been like <laughs> early seasons when no one really cared. But category is beat it. B E A D it. Mm. And in honor of the runway, we are going to play Bead You Now or Bead You Later. Oh. I love a pun. It took me I a while to come too. up with this. Pun. I loved it. No, it's so cute. I, like, I don't know any bead puns, but this is <laughs> All right, we're going to go through it. Denali, outfit by Joshua Ponte, hair by Anna Rosie, nails by Boyd's Nails. I asked this question to Honey Davenport. She did not have an answer for me. She said, we just do what they tell us to do. Why is Denali going first yet again? I don't know. I mean... She's gone first four times, I believe, this season. Is it alphabetical order? <laughs> it's not. Maybe by team. No, not by team, because Rosé is next. No. I, I don't yeah. know why she's gone first. Maybe I mean, it's I, also I really know. good. I feel like it kind of... Oh, stunning. Let's talk about it. Go- go first and then other people will look bad afterwards yeah you know, i mean it could be that trick this look was stunning it was gorgeous she looks classy and elegant the construction is exquisite it's not the most oh, yeah. original concept because i've seen people do a chandelier before but for the runway on drag race this was new and fresh and she is right this was the best she's looked and her shit, you know what she says? She's like, I told myself a million years ago that uh, to my baby self that one day I'm going to be on RuPaul's Drag Race just off of a fucking lamp. Really, right. bitch? You did not tell yourself. No, she didn't. But um, yeah, no, I really thought this was elegant. It was so campy, too. Like, she she checked off every box for me. I absolutely. It was good. I will wear that. Yeah, would you? Fuck yeah. It was expensive, bitch. I like expensive. Yeah, who doesn't? Well, mm. I'm going to give this a beat you now. I would like to bead you now. This was an 88% from the audience bead you now, 12% bead you later. Oh, it should be a little higher, but okay. Have your own opinions. Next up is Rosé, dressed by Abraham Levy. Bead designed by Laguna Blue. If you've not streamed Laguna Blue's new song, please do. It's excellent. Oh. Um, Hair by Salmonella. Earrings by Laguna Blue. And nails by Sinful Nails. This was a throwback. It's like, come on, childhood nostalgia. I think it's very clever. I think it's a cool design. It's something very out of the box. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, she made Tinkerbell plastic. I really love this. And that shit would take forever. All well, the little glue things. I, well, that's did they glue it on or do they actually? I think they had to iron it. I think it's it. iron it on. Yeah, yeah, they had. I would love to see the behind the scenes video of them creating and constructing this because this is not easy to do. If, if you remember working with those beads as a kid with the iron, 
It's terrifying. Oh yeah, they fucking suck to do it. But um, I could probably make that with like cardboard and some hot glue. Yeah, it was it was so <laughs> well done, so smart, so innovative. I loved it. It looks so good. I liked it too. I gave it the the beats down. Is the beats down? Beat you now. Beat you. Beat you now. Fist me now. <laughs> I will beat you now also. 89% beating beat you now, 11% beat you later from the audience. Oh, okay. Lala Reem. No designers listed yet again. Lala, a girl, I don't know what you're doing. Do you not have designers? Do you not want to tell who made the shit? I don't know what's going on, but not everyone got budget or, or friends or connections. Okay. You can tell us if you made it yourself. <laughs> or you're just embarrassed by it because here's what I'm gonna say. I think this was a smart idea. It's a cool concept. She is not accentuating her best assets and makes her look frumpy. And how do you have a rib, girl? Like, come on, you're going in and you already have a rib. What you have to have like a patch? Like, unless or it something. happened as they're literally walking to the runway, bitch, you got time to fix it. That is so true. Unless that ha- didn't happen, then yeah, what right. the fuck is your? What excuse? I will say is the hair is the ticket, Mama. I love Lala in huge hair like this. It proportions her well. Yeah, it just got in her face a lot yeah. when she was walking well, on the that, runway. And as she, you know, lip syncing. But yeah. Lala is just not a runway queen. And sometimes that is okay if you want to lose RuPaul's Drag Race. It was just a leotard, too. It was. but And that's the thing. It could have been just a leotard if the beating was properly placed. That is wasn't. True. I think matching skin color is hard. And I think that she did well. Because at first glance, you're like, oh my God, she's nude. But then you saw the color with the hands yeah. and everything. But and the I don't know. It. it was just, it, it didn't work. Michelle calls her outfit cute, but she noticed the rip on the side and it's big. Mm-hmm. TS would wear her outfit to one of her old jobs. <laughs> she says about the challenge that this is season 13, either go hard or go home. Ross said she blended in into the challenge and couldn't remember what she did. With the look, I will definitely beat you later. Yeah, I would uh, bid you later as well. The rip, the hair. I like the hair, but it's also, it was too big. I think she kind of like had to slim it down. I don't yep. know. It's slim it down down. The audience was 24% bid you now, 76% bid you later. Yeah. Got Mick. Look by Marco Marco. And of Venus course. Prototype. Nails by Queen Custom Claws. She chose the anal option. Um... Only I think Latrice did it better. Oh yeah, I said yeah. I remember seeing Latrice's one. It was not a make sense. Why? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like you know someone did it so well and iconically because of who they were doing it. Oh my god, I don't know if I love the choice. That being said, it's really not a shocker of a look. Um, very safe and for someone who shows off their beautiful body, I don't like how this fit. Yeah, like it would have been why would why weren't you just like you're showing your curves like everything down so it still looks like a uh, like a whole entire bead, right? Yeah. Why would you be like a skirt? You would yeah, have Yeah, to- I didn't love that part of it. Um but overall it's good. It looks good. It's merch worthy. I will give it a bead you now. Uh, I I would do a beat you later or be do you later. I just thought it, later. if they did like the, like a the silhouette down needed help, yeah. With the thing, it would be you would look like a longer, you know, true, dildo. True. And I'm sure some of those queens backstage would love to have had that experience. 
The audience went 84% bead you now, 16% bead you later. Next, we have Olivia Lux. Yeah. Hair by Edward Scissorhands, look by Mondo Guerra. I can confirm based on looking in the research, this is not the same hair as Candy wore um, for that challenge. But that's what I thought when I saw uh-huh. it came out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I will say is when it's your only option for the runway, you have to go with it and hope the judges don't remember you did what another queen did again. That is so true. Obviously, this the, the B challenge was the big element here was the hair. And that's why she couldn't change her hair because the dress alone would not have sold the beads. Or the I know. I was like, but where oh are my the God. beads? Like, I, if I were Olivia and saw what uh, Candy was wearing uh, for the bag challenge, I would have been like, is there any, literally anything else you can wear, please? Yeah, I would have fucking brought extra beads just to glue down onto that goddamn outfit because I was like, where are the beads? Yeah. Um, it is the least bead-filled look, and I think that, for me, made it a meh look. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cute. She looks great in it, but it's not the challenge, you know? Yeah. I gave it um, a beats later, too. Yeah. Uh, I think, again, it's very playful. Um, if playing on the street and painted all the overalls, I think it made it a beautiful touch. At the end of the day, this spoke to Rue, and that's all that matters. Rue loved it. Michelle mm-hmm. said the drag mime worked and was over the top, stupid and ridiculous. Ross loved her in mime and thought she did a great T.S. loved her look and took her back to Punky Brewster Old School. Nostalgia works. When you can hit the nostalgia factor for a group of judges, they're going to be with you. That's why she ends up doing what she does. Yeah, that makes sense. I will give it a bead you now because the look overall is great. Part of the challenge didn't, didn't work for me. Um, I'm going to do a beat you later because I didn't like it. I didn't see a lot of beads. Uh, it was okay. Like other girls brought more shit into it. I agree. I the audience know. was 61% beat you now, 39% beat you later. Oh, Utica look by Kia Corin, Nessie Nails, and Freelance Wolves. Oh, I love this look. Yeah, this was the riskiest of the runway, and yet it's gorgeous and captivating. She is wearing the same hair from the sleeping bag look, which I am a bit sad about. Oh, yeah. Should have fucking covered that better. Yeah. This is conceptual and still Utica, but it's also accessible for the audience. So we're, we're into Utica's world finally. Unlike last week, we we're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's your earring. Got it. Mm-hmm. Utica knows how to tell a story, and that's what makes Utica such a strong runway queen, even if she's not doing high fashion all the time. She knows how to storytell and in drag that's key oh yeah she did she worked it very well ross called the look twisted in all the right ways ts calls her unique and relies on that too much michelle wasn't following where she was going in the challenge but the look the look was great um yeah. and definitely helped her not be in the bottom two so i will give it a bead you now i mean i would wear it. i liked it and i would give it a beat you down Beat you now, 79%. Beat you later, 21%. So the audience loves it. Okay, Next. good. They fuck it better. <laughs> Next, we have Candy Muse. Look by V Monique. Hat by Eric Henderson. Fur by Adrian Landau. This is the best she has looked on the runway all fucking season. because someone else made it. She is using the mink to cover up her body, but you know what she's not showing. The hat is the star statement piece and really pushes her to the top. The beads are dripping, and in that respect, I think it's a very safe option for the beads. Didn't need the ponytail, 
But you know what? It was gorgeous. She looked, she looked comfortable. She looked beautiful. And that sometimes is not what Candy has brought on the runway. And I feel like that is a big reason why she ended up where she was, even though I don't agree. Yeah. Also, her walking was a little too stiff and stuff because of the thing that's so heavy. Yeah. How she got it there, that's a question I would love to know. How what what suitcase did she bring that that fit in? <laughs> Michelle relates to Tiffany Gibson and the air of desperation that she brought. She was very happy with this look as it's right. TS called her quick and almost TS Madison. Ross called her beautiful. I love the look. I'll give it a bead you now. Um, I liked it. I mean, I would wear it too, but yeah, beat you down. Audience was 70% beat you now, 30% beat you later. Oh, Simone, look by Michael Brambilla, hair by Gigi Good. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? This was exceptional once again. Oh, yeah. Um, she is paying homage to her culture. She is serving you fashion. She knows how to make any look walking art. She is a statement piece. The gag, of course, is when she turns around and you see her name spelled out in the beads. Oh my god, that Wonderful. was so great. She's just she is a breath of fresh air. She is some she's unique. She is Simone, and I am just so excited that we get to be along this journey with her. Oh, yeah, her skin is beautiful. The bitch is working it, fucking bringing. She's bringing, new, like, new fashion shit to the runway. Yeah. It's like a different way of no one has thought before. It's true. Rue said the outfit is absolutely stunning. And remember, when Rue talks, we listen. So there's another point in the check for Simone being a potential winner. I know, right? Michelle calls it edgy fashion in her. Ross said that there was an ease with her performance and fun to play with. And TS has one word for her. Deborah, this is hands down, bead you now. Love it. Oh, yeah. I bead you down house. I wish I could fucking wear it, but, you know, it's the winter no. season. Yeah. Audience was 98% bead you now, 2% bead you later. Who are the 2%? Because they get stabbed. Watch right? out, bitch. I think no, it's literally like probably two people who did it too. Like, really? Um, next up, we have Tina Burner. Hair by Integration, Jewels by Gems by Gemesis, Nails by Daniel Marandola, Design by Florence Lee, and Nola Costume. I have been following Nola Costume for a very long time, so it was so amazing to see them on Drag Race now. Um, I, I know Florence was the main designer, and Nola Costume, I believe, did a lot of the bulk work. But the beating, the beating, the beating, I love it. I love Mardi Gras. I love that she is serving Mardi Gras Gesture Clown because it is a, a cool twist on Mardi Gras. Great concept. This is look number two of three on this runway serving Mardi Gras. And that fucking sucks. It's not the most flattering outfit, but it feels it's true. It's not. To and then she fucking reveals it to a, another crappy dress. Right. And then you get the titty reveal, which Bitch wasn't my necessary. Fucking gig. How dare she, she her? Did, she did. Punch her um, in the goddamn taint. It, it, is, it is camp and she gave it to you. What I will say, and I don't want to get in trouble by this, but when she's not forcing the branding of the red, orange, and yellow, that's when I feel like she's the most authentic in herself. 
yeah, like, what the fuck is up with this yellow, your red shit? Like, girl, you could be wearing a green fucking hair, green, green gold fusion hair, fucking put beads I, in the goddamn hair. Sure. What the fuck? I didn't mind the red hair for this, but it was the outfit itself staying authentic and, and being different. And that's what separated it from all the other red, yellow, and orange. I appreciated this look overall. I liked it. Oh, I didn't. I don't like, like the, the, the fit of it. Because again, like, yeah. show off your body, girl. You, you, you're, you're, you're skinny and you're gorgeous, so do it. But if she's serving camp, she, she nailed it for me. Yeah, I mean, I like the camp, but like, outfit was like, kind of weird. I mean, I feel like she should have thought out of the, the fucking box with more beads and at the end and the fucking hair that's orange. Like, girl, just wear something. We get it. You want something a little red? I don't know. We're tired of it. People are tired of it. I give her a beats down, da- beats off, beats off Beat the you later. Beat the shit out of her. The audience was 19% beat you now, 81% beat you later. So they were Ooh. on your side, yes. not my side this week. Finally. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> finally end with Elliot with two T's. Look by Calvi Marquez Jr., Jules by Tiffany Bonet. And again, this is the best Elliot has looked all fucking season. You know, I do. I just feel that I the eyes were a little too dark. If she could add some color, absolutely, but... the eyes were too, way too dark. Especially the smoky eyes with a blonde wig. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. She just looked like she was tired. You know? Yeah, but I love that she was a flapper on Bourbon Street. She definitely sold it. Again, the way the beads interacted with the way she walked and how it was laid out, the stones and everything, the hair, stunning. yeah, stunning. Um, I will say one of the photos she posted from the look. The beads did not look great. So I'm sad she picked that photo as a final edit photo, but I don't know. I, I, I think she did look great. Michelle said she has never looked more beautiful than she did tonight. Ross didn't get who she was in the challenge. And that's when we hear that Elliot said they were in love in the scene. Ross didn't get it. I didn't get it. You didn't get I it. I didn't get it. I was confused. Did Tina even get it? I don't know. No, uh, that's what she, she was just trying to drive it off the cliff. Yeah. Um, this look, though, I will give it a BD now. I did appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a BD down. Audience was 52% BD now, 48% BD later. Hmm. Yeah, I can see. I mean, she did a good job. Well, Rue has made some decisions. Tina, Gottmik, Denali, and Rose are safe. Yes, they are. That leaves Lala, Simone, Candy, Utica, Olivia, and Elliot. As the tops and bottoms. Do you I wonder who's gonna be. Do you agree with that that placement? Who was where? Um, to be honest, I kind of did. I mean, Lallery and Elliot did a bad job, and I don't know about Candy being on the top three. I mean, maybe she she should be safe, but I am gonna call it. I say justice for Denali, justice for Rose. The two of them should have been at the top. One of them should have been the winner. Either of them could have been the winner with their performance and their look. I cannot believe they put them as safe and swapped them with Simone and Candy. They gave good performance. They didn't have to do as much as the other two did. I well, don't get it. I don't get this decision. Also, the, the all all three of them are the ball the ball headed sisters. Yeah, the ball head brigade. So, so they're trying to I, fucking maybe fight each other or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just did not agree with the decision. I thought this was really one of the biggest moments uh, this season that Rue fucked up. But it doesn't matter. 
Um, <laughs> Olivia Lux is deemed the winner of the week, winning $5,000. She rich. She and rich, Simone Olivia. got robbed just like her brother robbed that bank. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Um, so you say that. I think if, again, performance-wise, Olivia was the winner. Look-wise, no. That's what I, I'm don't, saying. I don't wise, know how uh, they judge each week because I feel like the weight of how the maxi challenge and the runway is paired, it, it changes every week, changes for every queen. Love Olivia. Not sure this was the right win. I don't know. I just feel like Simone got in the bag and then they were like, well, we, we can't give it to her because she has so many wins, which makes her a winner. So we got to give it to someone else. Why? You think it would be an MV Peru situation? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe. Miss Envy Peru. She's gorgeous. She's lovely. Peruvians do it all. But she made that season very boring because we knew the result. That is so true. Fred fucked up. I'm saying again, Fred fucked up. You should have given Sitter Jean and Chelsea Boy two of those wins and the show would have been, oh my God, can Janie Jacquet take the show? No, she can't because Envy Peru is fucking perfect. I know that fucking bitch. Peruvians, you know, what can I say? That's true. When are you going to do a show with Envy Peru? Well, oh my god, I'd love to, please. Call her, call her, be like, hey, we're Peruvian sisters, let's do this. I would love to. I just might have to get, get her on, on your podcast. TV sh- if I get her on another TV show and then I have the same publicity, then I could probably get her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One of our TV show that could potentially winner and another winner, maybe. <laughs> All right, Candy and Simone are safe. Utic is safe, leaving Lala, Rhea, and Elliot with two T's in the bottom. Yeah, I know, but she was like nervous. She was just shit her pants. She was, she was shitting her pants. Do you do you agree with the bottom two? Um, I mean, yeah, I do, to be honest. Yeah. The song is Whole Lot of Love by Kelly Clarkson, which I think is an excellent song choice. What a fun song to perform. Lala brought a lot of attitude. Elliot found some personality and performed the splits, and that was enough. I, I, you know, I think as soon as the song started, Elliot kind of took it in. If you watch him, he like knew every word, like he actually performed the song before. Mm, yes, yes. And then so maybe like the spirits possessed her. Yeah. I, feel like, um, yeah. I think the double drop down that they did at the same time was really great. They both hit that beat. Lala gave you the Lala experience, but I think her track record was not strong enough to save her, even over Elliot, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I on the fence on this one. I think I would have saved Lala because she gave a little more passion and I think I'm personally over the Elliot storyline. I mean, I think what they're doing is just making more chaos or more drama. Also, that. like, they want people to talk about it. You know, like, all the drama that's happening. Talk about Elliot. The, and, that, the girls and that's like the thing mad. is Elliot is... I will. I'll, I'll, I'll equate it once again. I am not the biggest Raja O'Hara fan. I think Honey Davenport was completely robbed in that lip sync, and Raja was the weakest in the challenge and should have gone home. The difference is, and Honey and I even spoke about it on the podcast. Honey wasn't giving you the drama that Raja was giving you. We then got a lot of drama from Raja O'Hara. I don't think Lala was going to give you anything else. We got everything from Lala. I think Elliot still had more to. Yeah. I mean, Elliot snapped. Yeah. So I get it. I get it from a producer standpoint. Do I agree with the decision? No. Yeah. Well, I kind of agree. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. 
Lala is feeling defeated and she worked hard to get the judges what they wanted. She just couldn't figure out what that missing piece was. And that's okay. You ready to talk about Untucked? Oh, God, yes. It was the most boring Untucked I've seen. Yeah, okay. So Denali thought she killed the improv challenge and looked the best she looked on the runway, but it still wasn't enough. Rose is not feeling great because she thought she was going to be in the top and win. Much to discuss. Mm -hmm. And Denali wants to be hung from the ceiling. Very difficult. Like, I understand what she was going for, but please don't say that when you're not happy. Yeah, that's that was true. <laughs> that was not the best line. But Rose had a top streak, and it's her second week being safe. She knows she's following their criticism. Maybe she's not right. She, maybe she's ripening for a win, but there's only so much that she can do. And I get it. We've all talked about it. Like, when you get criticism from, from the judges, you do as much as you do, but you can't bring a whole new outfit. Yeah, you can't. Tina gave it her fucking all and had Ross in the grass dragging his ass. But I will say, I think I love the look, but it was not top worthy. So I think that's what took her down. Danali is piss boots because it's one of her strongest looks and she wanted their critiques and feels like she's fading into the background. She wants to prove that she deserves to be in the top. And I get that frustration. If we've learned one thing from that first episode of the season, psychological warfare is the is a fan favorite from the producers. Yeah, they she are got breaking the attention her down, and then they took it away. Yep. Denali claims that Elliot is a clear bottom, and Mick says Gagatondra. There's the new merch, Mick. Please get that out soon. Um, new slang. Yeah, but Mick loved that outfit, and Mick thought the performance was not a bottom worthy performance that it would have been a top performance right is that what she's trying to get at i think so girl what crazy bitch very crazy candy is floated as the bottom uh when they start to discuss and i again what did they not like about her performance and look that would put her in the bottom and ellie in the top i don't don't understand that conversation whatsoever but they then start to question Utica's beads as secondary in her look. If you're questioning Utica's beads as secondary, what the hell are you saying about Olivia? Right. Like, I barely even saw it. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Um, so then we see that Tina takes off her boob covers to reveal her supple boobs. And Denali says, supple and not your skin tone. That's what oh. we call shade. Literally, because skin tone, get it, shade, shade. Mm-mm, I can be funny it. sometimes. I'm yes. good. Um, <laughs> Mick says that Elliot was only funny when Tina prompted her to be. And that's correct. She's absolutely that right true. in that. Uh, because Tina on her, uh, uh, Elliot on her own was not making it work. They all say Elliot's look wasn't good, but Tina defends her when they all come back, when they discuss it. And says it's shocking and says the use of beads was well done. They contemplate that they guess Olivia is the winner as her look was so Olivia, but Tina cannot when anyone wears a sneaker wedge. Oh, she just came from my dear friends, Ritzy Bits and Nicole Anoskby, who wear sneaker wedges from time to time. Oh. How do you feel about sneaker wedges? Um, I mean, I haven't really performed in them at all, but you know, you do Comfort you first. Comfort <laughs> first. I mean, in New York, probably because you, you you're doing the gigs nonstop. Yeah, but like, what I will defend Olivia's look. She's going for youth. She's going for um, old school nostalgia. A sneaker wedge works for the look. That is true, though. It does give you the old school trope back. Yeah, 
Denali is getting frustrated because she can't get a word in with the other three. So she walks away for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that was difficult to watch because you're like, are you going to throw a temper tantrum because people are listening to you or are you really internalizing literally everything? Oh. Yeah. Um, Rosé goes to talk to her. Denali says she's annoyed that she's fading into the background to the judges and even when there's just four of them. She doesn't know what it is. Rosé says she sees her from the inside out and is her closest sister here. Yeah. I like their bond. We're not really getting much about it, like what, the, how they became that close, but I like their bond. Everyone is feeling confused. Candy says everyone got good critiques, but some got good and bad, but they do nail who would be the tops and the bottoms here. Yeah, they did. Elliot says that they loved her look, but they didn't understand their storyline, and she didn't think she was that bad. And then you get the side eye from Lala Ri, who was like, bitch, you bad. You bad. Ooh. Utica said they loved the look, but they are relying, but she's relying on being unique. Candy says that they don't want her to stop being herself. She just uses it as a crutch. I get that. I can understand that a little bit. Lala. Well, she says they didn't think she gave enough energy and she's mentally and emotionally drained. She's working super hard, but it's still not enough. Is she going to pull a Ginny Lemon? No. No. Not the Gagantra. Would you pull a Ginny Lemon? Fuck no. I'm staying there. You're not punk enough for a Ginny Lemon moment? I am punk enough. I'm not fucking up. I'm a win. That's a fuck, <laughs> and, fuck and that get, shit. And get invited back for a reunion. Ginny <laughs> not. Oh, I know, right? Candy says her girl Lala is in the bottom, but she needs to stop and get out of her head. Lala thanks her for that, but it's hurtful. <laughs> A stressful situation. Candy says that she had a bad week and she's here with a good cast and they see the hard work she's putting in and they're, they're just like, there are nine other bitches living for her. Right. Is this the Candy Muse show? Is she the one who gives the moral support, the drama, everything? Does anyone the whole else get to talk? It's just, I know, it's just like, I feel like, I don't know, she's just leading the whole entire thing. She's like, get my coin. Exactly. Elliot thinks she's going to be in the bottom and has to focus on getting her shit together. Candy comes over to talk to her and Elliot is feeling to herself in the moment. Candy says that she looks stunning and that she's done nothing but apply herself and she wasn't bad in the challenge. She firstly doesn't think she'll be in the bottom. And I guess Candy is the authority of rules and judging of untucked again. Like uh, she, she, what Candy says is what the judges are thinking. So you just right. made that girl false hope. Elliot gives Candy a hug and appreciates her words. So then we cut to outside where we get Mick, Candy, Tina, and Simone. Only two of the four are wearing face shields. So now I ask the question, what are the rules out there? Yeah, because the producer wearing masks, but they're not wearing masks. Two two out of four are wearing masks. And in other times that they've gone out this season, some are wearing masks, some are not. What are the rules? I know we're getting this COVID special next week, and perhaps we'll learn a little bit about it, but it's confusing. It, it is very confusing. It's kind of weird, but we'll see. Candy is happy about her critiques, and Tina is happy for her from coming from the bottom, and now she's here. Candy says that Tina should be happy with herself, and Tina did her and was stupid and who she is. We then get to hear Candy say that Denali and Rose are mad at her and Simone because they're in the top, and she says that they're on Ross's show, and they should let him talk. Oh. I mean, yes, but also no. 
like you know when we're doing a recap like I'm, I'm leading the recap but when we're doing an interview show like i do i rarely talk you barely that's, hear me talk unless i'm asking a question exactly yeah. all about the guest it all depends the and the timing exactly so i did not agree with this that's fine but i have another question for you you ready mm-hmm. so last week we learned that um got mick Tina and Candy call themselves the Mean Girls. Yeah. Does that mean Simone is the Katie Herring? <laughs> but didn't they also call themselves, was it the Cojona? I don't know. They call themselves the Cojona, the three, the three girls as well. Tina well, Burner, Candy Muse, and Got Mick. I really hope that uh, Simone is the Candy of the situation because it kind of, kind of, of the Katie of the situation because it makes sense with the movie. Like we love her, we want to root for her, but then she just ends up with the bad people. <laughs> Candy is glad to see Tina and Elliot getting along, and Tina tells them that she told Elliot that she should let her guard down and let them have a conversation. And she's not, hey girl, and they're fake laughing, and that's what she should do with other people, just be herself. Yeah. But Candy doesn't care. She she just hates how Lala is feeling because she knows what it's like to give all your all. She doesn't realize what a good person she is and she wants to beef her up and really make her happy. But Candy reminds them that they're all competing with the best of the best and not everyone is going to have good days and those good days can send you home. They talk about how hard the competition is and you may think you know how the show is going to go, but you should don't. And that really is a theme every single season is, oh my God, I know the show inside and out, but you don't. You just don't because you're not living it. They always throw the curbs. Absolutely. Candy says that she cried off stage because they know she loves crying. She says that you could tell her the sky is blue and she'll still cry. It's so, so Olivia funny. tells her the sky is blue and we see the fake crying. It's, cute. it's so funny. But Candy, I cry too all the time. You can tell me the sky is blue and I won't cry, but if you can, you can tell me a couple other things that will make me sob instantaneously. We're not going to bring it up now, Desiree. Please don't make me cry. The sky is blue. <laughs> the handler comes in and says 10 minutes, and they all say thank you five. As a theater person, I love the thank you five type thing, but were they saying that as a joke because there's no, more than five minutes? Or was that cut from the editors? No, you got you gotta you gotta be polite to the stage managers. They'll fuck you up. Everything. No, no, wrong. I know that. But she said ten minutes, and they said thank you five. The response should have been thank you ten. Oh, <laughs> so the, it was either the editors or they were being mean or making a joke. I don't know what it was. I really need this answer. As again, I'm a former stage manager. I know how this works. Not funny, unless unless maybe the joke is that they're always late and they're always delayed. So maybe they're saying thank you five. So they're. At the point of okay, we only have five minutes. Five minutes, but not yeah, because you. Be that threw me. I was like, "Bitches, what are you doing? That's not good." Lala hopes she doesn't have to lip sync, but she is going to give it her all and turn it out. Elliot is shaken at the possibility of lip syncing, but this is what she does for a living. She is a performer, and she needs the girls to see where the fire is. We need. We now see that Lala loses, so she heads back to start to pack, and while she's didn't accomplish what she set out to accomplish she did learn a lot of new things and connected with new performers and isn't that always what we want to do connect with our new sisters she's got a lot of mixed emotions but she's excited that she got to take this journey the girls left her some letters and the first one is from simone the bald-headed hose 
Lala's line reading of the letter was very pedestrian, so you should go back to acting school if you're going to ever return. <laughs> um, but Lala says, remember who you are. It's okay to cry. Let your emotions out, but have fun. Oh, yeah. That, that, that stuck with me. I got some burning questions to wrap this up. Are you ready? Yeah. As I just alluded to. Is Lala Ree done on Drag Race, or do you see a redemption in her future on an all-star season? Um, I mean, if she puts through a lot of like the good work in outside of Drag Race, probably um, that's what you got to do after you get eliminated. If you kind of just fade in the background, maybe probably not. I personally don't need to see Lala Ree again on the show. Um, there are a lot of queens from the season that I would will put her ahead of. Um, I might actually even put her on the bottom. I mean, sometimes you also need a filler queen. That's true. I mean. <laughs> No spoilers, but there's definitely going to be someone on All-Star 6 that I'm like, you're forcing me to watch this person yet again? <laughs> Listeners, you, if you know me, there's two people to talk about. Um, next burning question for you. We have a rusical challenge. Will Rosé get the redemption for her sister, Jan? Um, No, but Nanali might get a win, and then or not and then we'll they'll see. send each other home oh my god could you imagine we'll, we'll see what <laughs> happens but oh my god if, if you don't remember the rusical last year and jan thinking she got in the bag and she didn't no she didn't we got that probably meme. not this would probably rose when she blows the fuck off and she's like why am i not fucking winning possibly and i ask it every time after seven episodes who is the winner of the season oh my goodness i mean Simone and Olivia and Mick. Okay, okay. I am still, I, I, I feel like this season and UK, I am going to do the same thing I did with Canada. I have one person I'm sticking to the, for the rest of the season. Simone has it for me. It? I, think Simone, Simone, I, I think Simone's the winner. See, with the UK, I had a couple four and then there's oh, just I, like three of them out the first time. No, no, no. Lawrence Cheney is winning that goddamn show. Lawrence Cheney oh, is okay. the winner. Lawrence Cheney. Rue just loves saying that name and I think Rue wants to say that name forever and Lawrence is doing very well. So. Oh, yeah, she is. She's I think she's got three Ruby in her badges already. She is who who can compete with her? She is automatically in the finals. So. Yeah, if she sells them on Craigslist, she'll make some money. <laughs> it's true. Desiree, where can we find you on social media and Venmo and podcast world? Oh, my God. No, thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you and listening to your sexy voice. Um, Where you can listen to all my sexy voice. I have a podcast on somewhere in the Spotify's and the Apple Podcastings. Airbnb. That's Airb for my co-host, Bombalicious. And... And as in like the classy end, but then it's not on the email because fucking Gmail won't let me. And then Dick for me. So Airbnb. And you can follow me all over the social media at Desert Dick 69. Bemo me. Give me a money. Give me a follow. Tell me I'm pretty. There you have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of you guys for doing the the podcast and I'm excited to continue to. Oh, it's hard to do it. I don't know how you do it, bitch. Thank you. So it is so hard. hard. Podcasting is, is not hard. easy. Y'all, not everyone should be podcasting. It's if, if you do not have the stamina to do it, you don't start it because it's going to be a, uh, an embarrassing fall when you stop it. As someone who just released their episode 250, I, I, I think I know how to do it, but 
Yeah. I understand quarantine. Everyone wants to start a podcast. Everyone's starting a Don't podcast. Do it. <laughs> uh, well, um, I can't wait to to cancel my my my, my podcast later. Uh, no, no, I think you two are gonna. <laughs> you two are doing doing well. You're you're picking up the slack from some other queens in DC. So. Oh yeah, we're it's... trying to do more interviews a yeah. little bit. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe there 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 will be um, uh, a Sunday service versus Airbnb um, drag battle one day. Oh my god! I can't wait to fight those ball-headed queens. You can you can have do mud wrestling. Oh, I don't mind. Ooh. When things are open, Red Bear, that's your next um, event. Have the two shows, plug their podcast, and then battle it out. Can you imagine Cake like sitting on Bomba Licious? <laughs> She's like yes, sexy I boy. Ah! I, yes, 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 I could. <laughs> well, that's oh. right. This was an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. On. A huge thanks to Desiree for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me your favorite episode so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.